What up, everyone? Before we start, I want to ask you to download the show from earlier on Monday afternoon, the Waiver Wire show. Even if you don't give a shit about listening to it, I don't really care about that. I mean, I prefer you listen to it, but just go download it anyway. I found when I release these standalone golf shows is not a part of one of the other ones. It absolutely kills the auto downloads that go through. So please help us out because, you know, I need to make some money here with my sponsors. And, you know, seeing one show do abnormally weird because I released another show on the same day is never great. So help out the Pat Mayo experience and go download that show right now while you're listening to this, all right? Standalone golf, let's go. Welcome to the Pat Mayo experience presented by DraftKings. One sec. Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba, brand new sponsor, and you know what? I didn't feel like messing it up. DraftKings picks, preview, course research, and some bets that I have already. If you want the finalized betting sheet, which is guaranteed to have someone come in second and thus not win any money, will be available in the Mayo Media Network newsletter on Tuesday evening. So please go sub to that. That's down in the description. Remember to smash the like button to the episode. In the description, leave me your two favorite plays in the 6K range on DraftKings this week. And remember to sub to Mayo Media Network. Plus, if you go to Fantasy Golf Championships, Dot com. The giant race for the Mayo Cup, one and done, is available for early registration. Go get your spot now so you don't miss out on the season-long one and done. It starts at the Sony Open, so you still got a few months, but you might as well go get that spot right now. It's five max entry. The prize pool is up this year. I think I think it's 50K to first place, so you might want to go do that. And I'll have five entries, and you know that I'm not going to cash, so it's all going to be good. If you're looking for the cheat sheet for this, it'll be up on DKPlaybook.com sometime on Tuesday. Uh, and yeah, let's get to it. So the, it's no longer the OHL. I'll always know this as the OHL Mayakoba. Uh, it's in Mexico for the week. And let's just take a look at the course right now. Uh, this is from the official PGA site. It's a par 71, 7,071 yards at El Camilian Golf Course at Mayakoba. I actually went and walked this when I was in Playa del Carmen uh, probably two and a half years, no, before my kids, so three and a half years ago at this point. It's not as coastal as maybe we do all these coastal correlations for this course, uh, but it's not necessarily right on the coast. It's a couple miles inland. Either way, it's Greg Norman design. Victor Hovland is the defending champion. And what do we got here for the field? Oh, there's a third field update. Was it 132 players, I think? Let's see, yeah, 132 players. Top 65 and ties are going to make the cut. Uh, then the Monday qualifiers, I think they're already in. And if you've ever been to this site, like they have the world's worst stats for stuff. Oh, birthdays and ages. Fantastic news for us here. Oh, how many players have won in their 20s as of this year so far? Like, we really care about that. So, yeah, thanks for nothing, PGA site. What I'll actually be doing is just using fantasynational.com to do all of my research for all of it. It's all loaded in right now. If you go to fantasynational.com slash mayo, you get full access to all of the tools, uh, and then you get a 20% discount if you use that link as well. Oh, I did want to give a special shout out. As you can see, I'm wearing my Tour Junkie shirt. Uh, shout out to my guy, AC. They welcome their brand new daughter into the world, a golfing buddy of mine. He runs the Nut Hut over at tourjunkies.com. So I want to say a special congratulations. I know you're not getting any sleep, and since you're up at 5 a.m. now, instead of staying up till 5 a.m., you're getting up at 5 a.m. Hopefully, this show can provide you with something to don't play it on loud because it'll wake the baby up. But you know, put in some headphones. It'll give you something to do at 5 a.m. So, you know, there we go. Congratulations, dude. I'll, I'll see you soon. So back to fantasynational.com. 
let's take a look at the past course conditions. Just do what we always do. And we do our breakdown of the research. We'll go look at tournament history as well. And then we'll take a look at recent results after that. So historic conditions, you know, it's less than 7,200 yards. It's a really easy course. It doesn't matter if you hit it into the rough or if you hit it into the fairway. Obviously, hitting the fairway is preferable, but it's a lot like, I mean, the biggest correlation that you're going to find at this course is the Sony Open. Obviously, Patton Gazire won this, then went on to win the Sony Open later, well, early in the next year. Kutra did the exact same thing two years later. Obviously, those guys are not bombers off the tee by any means. Can you putt? Can you hit a few wedges? And you're probably going to be good to go. It's not to say that bombers can't win here. Hovland won a year ago, and Aaron Wise was in second place with him. Another second place finish that I got, at least at that time, that I had an each way on him because he was super deep odds. He is no longer at super deep odds at 33 to 1 this week. Past Palum Greens, that which you generally see in Mexico or in some places in the Caribbean. Obviously, the Bermuda Championship didn't have that past Paslum. I believe the last time they, they played on that surface was the PGA Championship at Kiowa Island. So that's one thing to look at. Uh, it's, you know, ranges from soft to medium in terms of green firmness, but it doesn't really matter if you hit the fairway or not. And that's why I think the similarities to the Sony Open really prevail here is that you're going to get some wind potentially that comes through like moderate, calm, moderate, moderate, moderate. But if you do get some swirling winds off the coast, it can create a problem, but very favorable scoring conditions at Mayakoba. Oh, look, Fantasy National still calls it the OHL too. God bless Moose for typing in OHL. I don't think it's been the OHL in like seven years, but that's always how I know it. The other correlation I would look to as well, when we go back and look at the past champions, is the Texas narrative. We talked about this all year long with Pat and Kazire. Anytime they played a tournament in Texas, Kazire was just good. Obviously, he's won this tournament before, so that kind of tracks. Anecdotal evidence. Charlie Hoffman, also someone who just crushes it in Texas most of the time, also a winner at Mayakoba. So maybe that's an angle that you can play if you want to search for some sleepers. I wouldn't say like, oh my god, this guy plays well in Texas. Obviously, he's a must-play here. I'm not saying that. But as when it comes down to a tiebreaker between two guys, that's something that we can look at. Let's go to the breakdown of the course. Obviously, no strokes gained this week once again. We'll get strokes gained back in Houston next week, and then for three of the four rounds at the RSM to close out the year. Uh, let's see what we got going on. Oh, good. We got duplicated holes. That's always something fun to go with. Well, I've already went over everything. So let's see here. Par fives is where people are going to do most of their damage, but if you can score on these short par fours, you're going to be good to go. Let's see the par three range. 116 yards. Oh, boy. Let's go to the official scorecard and just make sure that it is not uh, completely changed. We'll see. 116 yards, 151 yards, 200 yards, 155 for the par fours. Uh, and then if we go take a look at the eagle rates of the par fives, sort by the par fives and see how we're doing here. Uh, eagle rates, 4.4%, 3.4%. Uh, oh, I see what happened here. There's two scorecards put in uh, based on what potentially they used to be versus what it, what it is now. As you can see, like hole one and hole five, it just got jumbled up in the system. Pretty easy to make sense of, though, once you kind of walk through everything. So you can make some eagles on some of these holes. Um, it's not going to be the most outrageous thing in the world. I wouldn't like be searching out eagle rate, but you can see these short par fours. You got three of them below 400 yards. You got another three from 400. 
400 to 450. There are a few long ones uh, on the course. Those are the most difficult holes on the course. Then you have the two easy or the three easy par fives. And the par threes, by and large, are pretty easy at this course. Greens and regulation percentage up around 68%. Scrambling easier than at your average tour event. And three putts per round on these slower putting surfaces, which tends to mitigate from time to time some of the bad putters in the field, uh, just a lot lower than your average tour event. So a lot of one putts, a lot of two putts, very few three putts, 0.4 per round, as we see. Taking a look at the tournament history, Hovland. This field's really good, by the way. So that's going to throw off some of this tournament history is that we're not used to seeing fields this strong at Mayakoba. So you fly into Cancun, you go a little bit south, maybe you stay in Playa del Carmen, or maybe you just stay at El Chameleon Resort. Looks really nice. Uh, Hovland won last year. Aaron Wise, then Adam Long, Hollywood Hoagie, and Billy Horschel rounded out the top five. Hoagie's actually playing some really good golf coming in. $6,900. That's probably... A place to look at it. 17th at the Zozo gained all the way up uh, over three strokes gained in four of his past. I mean, four, in each of his past four weighted starts. Uh, so that's pretty good. If we type in OHL, how has old Hollywood Hoagie been doing here? Third miscut, miscut. Well, he spiked last year and he's hitting those irons really well at the moment. So and uh, we see that he can have a spike putting week from time to time. Seven strokes gained putting. So that's interesting to see when we go through it. Tournament history, back to it. Most strokes gained total at this course. Guys that play it every year. Pat Perez, who's like a past Palum putting specialist. Emiliano Grillo. Wow, pretty good run for Emiliano Grillo. Charles Howell III, Russell, he is the one who knocks. Abraham Anser in the field. The I wouldn't say the hometown, the home countryman this week. Billy Ho, Bryce Garnett. Uh, Carlos Ortiz, Adam Long, Danny Lee coming off the good week, and then Scott Piercy. Brennan Todd's only played it twice, back-to-back top tens. He actually won the Bermuda the week before he won, went back-to-back. So I actually have bet Lucas Herbert already at 100-1 to with a top five each way. The only two bets that I've put in so far are Lucas Herbert 100-1 to and Joaquin Neiman 60-1, to which just seemed crazy. I get that Aaron Wise has plays, you know, he's playing good golf, he's putting a lot better, and he came second at this venue last year, but the fact that he's... 30 to 1 and Neiman is 60 to 1 just seems outrageous to me. And if we do play the Sony Open crossover, you remember that Joaquin Neiman did come second at the Sony Open last year and playing some island golf. He went back to back second place finishes in Hawaii last year. And we have seen some correlation, obviously, between the Hawaii events and this event, usually because of strength of field. But even at the Tournament of Champions, we've seen that as well. Going back to 2020, the Todd Father wins. Ortiz, Adam Long. Adam Long's played it twice, two top three finishes, and he is on like an horrendous run right now basically since this event i think 25th at zozo so maybe he's turning it around a little bit not 29th at sanderson farms not terrible but then just so many miscuts in between it's a top 30 or a miscut basically oh my god it actually is since this since the third place here last year he's 69th at memorial and then over the course of his next events he's either missed the cut or come inside the top 30 huh would not have expected that to tell you the truth you could have quizzed me for hours on that. I would not have gotten that correct. So he ended up coming in third. Uh, Damon, another short hitter, good with wedges. There's Pat Perez. You can see he's won this event in 2017. You had the Matt Kuchar back-to-back year with Danny Lee coming in second. You know, Bryce Garnett, Pat Perez, Scott Piercy, Aaron Wise, the guys that you would expect to see up there. Then you go to 2018. Kazire, when he completed the Sony and a Mayakoba double. Oh, Big Dick Fowler came in second. I'm sure that cost a lot of people some money, and he'll probably cost a lot of people money this week. 
week. Who knows? Ryan Moore, another short-hitting wedge, short-hitting wedge with Grio, short-hitting wedge with Answer, short-hitting wedge with Stewart, who really screwed me by bogeying the 18th hole at Bermuda, killing my 6 of 6 chances in all my higher stakes contests. Uh, Russell Knox is another one, short-hitting wedges. J.J. Spawn, same thing. Lahiri hits it a little bit further. I Maybe this, I mean, Lahiri had popped up for Bermuda, not last week. Uh, he did okay, I think. Think actually, I don't even remember what Lahiri did last week. Suppose I could click on him, but I'll save you the time. You can go figure that one out on your own. But looking at him, uh, he had finished inside the top ten the year before that at Bermuda. So maybe Bermuda. Obviously, there's you know, some sort of semblance there after Brennan Todd ended up winning. How's my guy doing, uh, Johnny? Question marks. Johnny uh-huh? hasn't finished inside the top twenty since the Honda Classic. He actually won this event in the inaugural year back in like 2011. Uh, or did he win or did he lose to Robert Allenby? Now I completely forget. It's one of those things that kind of gets washed to the side. It was an alternate event at the time uh, when he ended up winning this, but he was third here a year ago. He was on a nice little run for a while, and then it all just kind of went away. It was two th- it was 2020 when he actually had the good year, uh, and then that was the end of oh, that's Adam Long again. Sorry about that. Let's see. Yeah, it was 2020 when he had the good year. He was actually making cuts. He was doing well. 2021 was just horrendous for Johnny Question Marks. Not good, pal. How else are we doing here? 2017, there's Russell Knox, Gary Woodland. This would seem to me to be like a Gary Woodland-style course. We always like him at Club Down courses, you know, Honda, Sony, Valspars, where he's experienced a lot of success when he won at the U.S. Open. It was at Pebble, the shortest of the U.S. Open courses. Has he been playing? Ninth at the CJ Cup? All right. Miscut at the Sanderson, but he still gained off the tee and on approach. Bad there. All right, Gary, you're going on the list. I think he's like 60 to 1, too. Who comes in hot? Uh, it's going to be tough. Actually, if we get a strokes gain total, the Gooch, Mito, Aaron Wise, Cameron Tringali, Patrick Rogers, Brennan Steele, Matthew Wolf, Harold Varner III. Pendrith, uh, I, I was so worried that Pendrith was going to win in Bermuda, like being the first time that I have not bet him all year long. So we have Lucas Herbert. He's going in. I said Woodland is going to go in. So we'll put those two guys in. Obviously, I'm playing Neiman. I think the world is going to be playing Neiman at 7800 bucks. That's not bad. Not great results, obviously, for Neiman coming into this. But still, I really like Joaquin Neiman a lot. I think that's more of a bet on talent than anything else. How has Tringali played at this event over the years? This feels like one where he would have played a ton, like him and Chris Kirk. Uh, he's made the cut each of the last three years, then double miss cut before that. And he comes in, obviously, in good form with a second at the Zozo uh, and 11th at the Sanderson Farms. He hasn't missed a cut since the Travelers. Interesting. Yeah, pretty good for Cameron Tringali. Get that putter hot, and all of a sudden, uh, he can be a player in all of this. Let's go to the DraftKings modeling for the week. I don't want to do anything too crazy. With this, let's see how OHL has done in the past. I might just run the Sony Open model. How's Sony Open? Solid. I should probably just use that to tell you the truth and see who it ends up spinning out. Well, where is Mayakoba? Mayakoba, great at the top. Well, good enough for me. Strokes gained approach 23%, huh? How much were you drinking when this was going out? Strokes gained off the T, 17%. Ball striking, the combination of the two of them, 10%. Par 4s, 15 Par 5s. 10% strokes game putting, weighted at zero, but I do want to see it on there. Opportunities gained, 15%. Birdies are better gained. And greens and regulations gained at 5% each. So let's just run that. Hopefully it's still great at the top. Let me guess. Hovland, JT, Aaron Wise, Mito, Cameron Tringali. 
I haven't run this yet, so I'm just obviously guessing. I have it set for the past 50 rounds at the moment. Let's see. Hovland, JT, Vegas. Okay. Answer, Brooks. Keegan Bradley, Tyrrell Atten, Mito Pereira, Aaron Wise, Russell Henley. Let's throw Russell Henley on the shortlist. Another former Sony winner. Seems like he would check out really well here. I want to see what he's done here in the past. That's probably not going to deter me either way. As we've seen, he's starting to heat up with his irons. Over five strokes gained in three of his past four starts. Can't make a putt to save his life. Maybe on these slower greens. It will give him some sort of ease with everything. But let's see. OHL, miscut, miscut, 29th. All right, Russell Henley. Guess he just goes to Mexico to party. Probably still going to play him anyway at $8,200. Not bad. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is actually, let's just go through the tiers. And actually, I'm going to set this to past 12 rounds to get a better sense of how some of these guys are playing recently. Issue is with no strokes gained from... Bermuda, no strokes gain from Zozo. It's you know really putting us at a at a bit of a detriment for the most recent of form. If you want to run the mixed condition model or you want to put strokes gain total in, putting strokes gain total into this mix will actually weight recent form a little bit heavier. Maybe we should go, actually, I don't want to mess around with it too much. So I won't, yeah, hey, let's screw it. Let's just throw that in to see what it does. Let's edit the custom model. Uh, we'll make this easy. We'll just drop this. We'll drop approach down to 20. We'll drop strokes gained off the T down to 15. And we'll go strokes gained total and weight that at 5%. And that should give us, I mean, it's not going to tell us much except for if they've been playing well or you know, not great recently. Get down to 20, jerk. Come on. Can't, there we go. Boost you up to five. Now everything's at least symmetrical in terms of zeros and five once we run this. So it's set to pass 12 rounds. And that's what we're going to be looking at on the screen as we go through this and we jump into the DraftKings pricing. I guess people are people are running right now. 10K range on DraftKings for the week. Justin Thomas, obviously, is $11,200. Vic, the defending champion. Big dick, Vic. $10,900. The answer, the Mexican Allen Iverson, 10-7. Tony Finau, 10-6. Tyrrell Atten is 10-3. And Billy Horschel is 10-1. Something to look at with Tyrrell Hatton at the moment. I feel like he had a nice rebound. I think Hatton can actually play really well here, now that I think about it. Uh, 18th of the CJ Cup. Uh, played, you know, he's okay at the Ryder Cup. Uh, we obviously had his first start since that was a CJ Cup and played pretty well. Could not drive the ball for crap. Not going to be the most important thing here, but look at some of the places where he's done well. Seventh in Texas at the Houston Open. Uh, what else do we got here? Some Bermuda splits. We don't really care about that. He's never played this before. Where are some of his wins? Let's see. He won at Arnold Palmer, third at the Heritage. I would say that the Heritage probably checks out pretty well. Uh, for this course as well. Shorter courses, I know that I know Bay Hill's a longer course, but that was played in extreme wind. Palmetto was a bit, now that was a bit of a daunting course, but shorter hitters ended up doing really well there. That's kind of strange. If Tyrrell can continue to make his putts like he's been doing it and you know, maybe not be the worst off the tee, I could see Hatton being a contrarian play this week and someone that I actually do like a lot. Obviously, the short-term numbers don't like him whatsoever, but when we ran it for the last 50 rounds, he actually looked really good. So I think for me, it's going to come down to 
a combination of JT and Victor Hovland, or maybe just start with Hatton and Horschel, because I think that's going to be pretty contrarian. I have no idea what to do with Brooks this week. I did see in the betting market he's 30 to 1. That's It's like the Patrick Reed number from last week. Like That's just going to be a bet for me at a tournament like this. I, I don't think that Brooks is probably more likely to miss the cut than he is to win. But when you start laying odds on Brooks Kepka like he's Aaron Wise, then you have to take notice because he is significantly better than someone like Aaron Wise. In terms of the modeling, Hovland and Thomas, even in the short term, right out the best. They're six and two, Thomas and Hovland, in the modeling here. But I think I'm going to go contrarian. I'll go with these two, Hatton and Billy Horschel. Into the 9K range, we see Scheffler, Wise, Reed, Lowry, the Wolfman, oh, oh, Will Zalatoris, $9,100. The Gooch at number five in the model. He is $9,000. He just does not fit in with the talent of the rest of these guys. But, you know, it's not to say that he can't have a great week. He's not going to be getting my money. But that's how we're looking right now. Zalatoris, 51st at the Zozo. Missed the cut at the Shriners after a nice start to the swing season. How did he do at this tournament last year? He was 52nd. Okay. He's not playing the best of golf right now. So probably something to maybe avoid at this moment. We're back on Hatton stats. Hmm. Who do I like from here? I don't really like anyone, to tell you the truth. Maybe Patrick Reed? Obviously, he was able to cobble together a pretty good tournament. Had a really nice Sunday at Bermuda. Now he's going to Mexico. I mean, I'll throw Patrick Reed on the short list, just like I will with Brooks, uh, and I'll reassess them as of later. Uh, Wise, like I said, is third in the modeling short term. Gooch is number five. Dropping down into the $8,000 range, uh, we have Cameron Tringali, the Fitzmagic, Sergio Garcia, Tricky, Dick, Fowler, $8,600. Maverick McNeely, Alex Noren, Keegan Bradley, Russell Henley, who's already starred. Mito Pereira, number one in the modeling over the past 12 rounds. He is first in approach, first off the tee, thus making him first in ball striking, also first in greens of regulation gained, and eighth in opportunities gained. Henley is actually first in opportunities gained over that time. Keegan's in here as well. Noren kind of sticks out to me as an interesting player. I have no idea how he has been playing um, overseas, if he has been playing at all overseas. I'm just very curious to see how he's been doing. Played the Zozo, played the CJ Cup, 12th at Alfred Dunhill, 21st at the... PGA BMW Championship and had top 10s throughout the FedEx Cup playoffs. So he comes in in like pretty good form, I suppose, like when we go and look at it. Uh, how did he perform here last year? Missed the cut last year, but in Bermuda, he was 15th. He was the betting favorite in that tournament. But I mean, you see some of the tournaments that he's been playing well in, you know, an easy course at the Rocket Mortgage, played really well. He's very hit or miss, obviously, but he's really good with his wedges. We know he can turn it up with the putter. We always thought of him as a hard course, spe- hard course specialist, and he kind of was for a really long time, but he's been kind of flipped on his head that way. I'll go with Noren at... $8,400. I'd be, I mean, Bezadenhout is tough here too. Because I know the irons are going to be good. I know the putting is going to be good. It's just, will his driving be so bad, which it normally is, that it's going to cost him? I I kind of like Bezadenhout a little bit better at harder courses than I do at easier courses. Although you do see a third at the Corn Ferry Championship as he ended up with his card on the PGA Tour for the year. But like 51st at Bermuda, if he's not putting the lights out, it's going to be tougher for him. Although he is one of the few players who can putt the lights out. So that's always interesting to see going into it. Russell Henley, like I mentioned, Uh, former Sony Open winner. I think it's time to go look at the Sony Open. And he was 11th there a year ago. 
Uh, let's go take a look and see who played really well at Kevin Na won over Chris Kirk and Joaquin Neiman. Uh, by one stroke. So Chris Kirk is someone you could probably put on your radar as well. Brennan Steele is another one for this event. Uh, I feel like he made a... Where the hell did Steele make the run? He made the run at the Zozo. He ended up coming inside the top five. So, you know, comes in in pretty decent form as well. I don't... No idea how well he has played over the years here. Not great. He was 16th in 2013, missed the cut a year ago. But we know with Brennan Steele, he's very hit or miss. Uh, has played well at PGA National over the years. Obviously, a much tougher course however uh, it is on the shorter end so that could be good news as well let's see horschel inside man I, horschel's is setting up to be a pretty good play here oh colin morikawa if you had just not chipped the ball like a scrub at the sony open you probably would have won or drove it to what your normal baseline is so kazire and henley both up there charlie hoffman up there carlos carlos ortiz's odds were really deep this week i think i might actually bet him I don't really know how he's been playing. And I think Malnati popped up at Bermuda as well, which I was kind of surprised about. How's Ortiz doing? CJ Cup? Well, he's gaining with his approaches, gained off the tee. He hasn't made a putt in years, but he's progressively getting a little bit better. And how has he done at OHL? Eighth, second, ninth? All right, three top tens in his career. All right, Ortiz, you're on the card. Thank you, Carlos Ortiz. Malnati, how was he in Bermuda? Seventh in Bermuda. Obviously, he's had some success at this tournament in the past, which was ages ago, apparently, in 2015 and 2013. All right, probably out on Peter Malnati. Ortiz is going to get my attention, though. Ortiz, $7,600. Okay, we, it looks like we're pretty good in the $7,000 range. So from the eights, it's going to be Norin. It's going to be Henley. I don't know if I can eat the Mito chalk. If I'm going to eat the Neiman chalk, can I eat the Mito chalk at the same time? I'm guessing like those two names are so obvious to me sticking out. Uh, let's see. Ownership projections. It's so early in the week that these just are not going to be accurate whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, only 120 lineups have been generated so far. Only 51 people have actually started doing research on this at the time that I'm recording. And yeah, Mito, 27%. Henley, 24%. Neiman's a lot lower than I thought. Actually, it's Emiliano Grillo. I'll fade the Grillo, Chuck, and I'll be good with that. Russell Knox. People fucking love Russell Knox. I don't get it. Man, this eight, this 95 to like 85 range is just dead. No one is projected over 10%. So maybe this is the range that you want to hit up later in the week when you start doing a little bit more research. Like no one's playing Shane Lowry. No one's playing Patrick Reed. No one is playing Matthew Fitzpatrick at a short course where you have to hit some wedges. I get it. I get why people don't want to play them. But at the same time, that seems kind of crazy. Something like Justin Rose as well. Uh, a winner at Colonial in the past, a shorter Texas course. We don't generally see him at events like this. And he was top 10 at Wyndham, another shorter course. Maybe he's entered that phase of his career. So he's never played this. Um, he was, you know, every time that he's played Sony, essentially, he's come inside the top 20, except for once. I mean, that dates back to 2015. But in 2017, he was second at that course. Obviously, Justin Rose isn't the same player that he used to be. But he's another one that we should probably see how he's been doing on the European tour, just in case we're missing something, because obviously those stats don't go hand in hand. He's back down. He's going to be one of the highest ranked players in the world. Now, he was sixth at the BMW Championship. Okay. He was terrible at the CJ Cup, but whatever. Let's see. Yeah, I couldn't really do much at the CJ Cup, but this is a much weaker field, obviously. So Justin Rose, if no one wants to play him, he'll kick off the 79 at $7,900. We'll kick off the $7,000 range. What's going on, everyone? Are you getting old? 
like me or do you just feel like in the mornings if you've had even like two glasses of wine or three beer that you're not doing good anymore or if you go and work out you're incredibly sore have you tried to play like flag football anytime recently and then the next day like your hips don't work to the point where walking is difficult it's not just because you're a terrible athlete now and in horrible shape it's also because you have no hydration so Elevate Hydration from Beam is what you need to help yourself recover. Because when you're not hydrated, you know the feeling. Sometimes you get headaches, you have body fatigue, you just don't feel your best, and you should be feeling your best. And Elevate gives your body the electrolytes it's craving thanks to a supercharged stack of electrolytes like coconut water, pink Himalayan sea salt, sourced entirely from nature. Plus, it tastes amazing, and that is pretty awesome as well. Elevate comes in three flavors, for your specific needs, but here's really the big deal. You can get them for free right now. Yeah, you want stuff for free? It's super easy. Our listeners can get a free Elevate sample pack by going to beamorganics.com slash mayo. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash mayo to get your free sample pack. Stay hydrated, get your free stuff, and use that promo code mayo to tell them we sent you. All right. And if you're hungover or if you're just old and out of shape and you need hydration, beamorganics.com slash mayo is where you want to be. Even though you're far from ordinary, the truth is that ED is really common. In fact, 52% of guys aged 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. So go to getroman.com slash mayo now to speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction and get $15 off your first month of treatment. ED is more common than most people think, and the benefits of ED treatment can help you reconnect with your partner and rediscover the joy of sex. Roman system is completely confidential and totally discreet. No big logos or labels on the packages. And with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The whole process is straightforward, convenient, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Mayo and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a U.S. licensed healthcare professional and just take care of it. So go to GetRoman.com slash Mayo today. And if you're prescribed, get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have the confidence and control this fall. Roman ready. GetRoman.com slash Mayo. For me, I think I can live here in the like low eights, upper sevens, and with one expensive guy. These guys independently will all be chalky, I think, but it'll probably be together with someone very chalky from below. So Rose, Neiman, Woodland, Ortiz, and Lucas Bell. Again, a bet at 100 to 1 for me. I like all those guys. So I think that's something that we can kind of get behind here. Uh, Poulter, I mean, Vegas is going to rate out really well. Werner rates out really well. CT Pan, the Panimal, rates out really well. Per the stat modeling, they're all inside the top 15. Pan is actually number four. How did he do at Zozo? I remember he was super popular at Zozo, and then I stopped paying attention. 57th in a 70-person event with a bunch of random people. How has he done at this tournament? It feels like he kind of has the skill set to do well. He's never missed the cut, and he has come 11th and 16th. Did not play it last year, but that was in 2019 and 2018. So, okay, for CT Pan. How has he done at the Sony over the years? Double missed cut at the Sony. Not enough to, like, get me on him, but there's not enough there if he's going to be popular to... Ooh, Brian Herman. 
He has been a disaster recently. What is going on with Brian Harmon? Oh, my God. It's a lot of red in the strokes gained approach number. All right, fade for me. That's going to come back and cost me. Every time that I don't play Brian Harmon, he comes like ninth because he just puts the lights out, and that's the end of it. Todd Father, Luke List. I mean, in the back in the day, I always liked Luke List at the shorter Bermuda track, so a shorter Paspalum track. Maybe we can get on the go. We see some spike performances from him, obviously. Short course at John Deere, short course at Barbasol, fifth and fourth, seventh at the Zozo. He was one of the few people to go over there. Then you got the long courses in. So, I mean, he's just really feast or famine when it comes down to it. Can he make enough putts to not be a disaster? Uh, He has five missed cuts and a seventh place finish in his six starts at Mayakoba in his career. So, what are we even doing here? Stenson's in the field. So, the numbers like List. The numbers like Shank. How about Streelman? Pendrith really impressed me last week. Gotta say, I did not think that would be a good tournament. Unfortunately, we don't really know how he did it. I assume he just bomb and gouged in the wet conditions. He was able just to take his wedges at everything. But you can see like, he is not a good iron player. He is a good putter. He is a good driver of the ball. But if you're a good putter, you can really overcome a lot of things. I want to look down at his approach and proximity. Like, where is he good? Where is he bad? When we really think about it, he's his best from 150 to 175. Not great for someone who hits the ball as long as he does. Had been getting better from 125 to 150 at the Shriners in Sanderson Farms, though. That's interesting to see. If he's normally pretty good from 150, like he's not great from 175 plus, essentially. And he just has so many shots from 125 to 150 and 150 to 175 because of his distance. That That's where you're going to see a lot of his strokes come from. Uh, then, you know, it's kind of a disaster when you look at old school Canadian Opens. Let Canadian. I think this is a far more reasonable price for Taylor Pendrith at $7,200. I'm guessing that he is going to be one of the more popular plays down here. Nah, he's not, actually. Brendan Todd. Oh, my God. Joel Damon? <laughs> Out of guys that have generated a lineup so far, Joel Damon is in 40% of those lineups. Kucher is in 27%. Now, the expected ownership is only 11% for Joel Damon and 6.7% for Matt Kucher. I thought that's that, I think that's a pretty interesting number, though. Uh, we kind of get down to it. Where is Pendrith? 7.4%. Stenson? I mean, on paper, this should be a perfect Stenson course. How has Stenson been doing? Has he been playing overseas at all? Let's go. Let's go check in with our boy Henrik Stenson. Hank, how you doing, pal? He's down to 170, 157 in the world. That's always nice to see. Uh, third at the Omega Masters. Fourth at the Czech Masters. Okay. Uh, made the cut at the Italian Open. Came T15. The BMW PGA Championship. T30. Okay. I can work with that, I think. that That's at least showing signs of life if you only like all right you're going on the list at 7100 bucks pal hank you've been so good to me over the years and won me so much money the least i can do is donate some back to you i don't know what to do with adam long or joel damon brennan Steele would probably be i mean do i go back to norlander i've been riding norlander during the swing season i feel like he had one bad event and that was it yeah he missed the cut at northern trust wasn't good at shriners but he made the cut fourth at sanderson farms 18th at the zozo if he can fire up, I mean, he's just such a bad driver, and the putting is either good or really bad. All right, you're going on the short list. Henrik Norlander at $7,000. How about you, Matt Jones? Matt Jones is such a blind spot for me. Yeah, he's made every cut during the swing season. All the CJ Cup didn't have. Zozo and CJ Cup didn't have cuts, but he was 38th and 18th at those. How has he done over the years? We saw a top. Eh, he's made the cut each of the past 
four starts that he's made. No finish better than 31st, though, and that was in 2013. We did see him at the Sony, though, a very good Sony Open player over the years. 11th, 38th, 29th, 39th, 7th, 70th, 15th. Uh, I mean, those are his past seven, six starts, six starts in Hawaii. So that's somewhat encouraging. Shortlist, Matt Jones. Let's go down. I said Tom Hoagie off the top. He rates 12th in the modeling. Guido. Oh, yeah. Let's, Guido is 6900 bucks. That's a steal. Let's go, Guido. Yagabombs. Uh, oh, Keith Mitchell is someone who I feel like plays well at the Sony Open. I feel like he's a boomer bust Sony Open guy. Yeah, 14th, 16th, miscut 25th. So, obviously, I'm going to use him here. And he's never been good at this course. But you know what? We're going to ride with it anyway. He's going to make the short list at $6,800. Uh, Chris Kirk is another one I think that we can add to that list. Patton Kazire is going to be a true outlier here, isn't he? Because he's won this event before. Who is this? This is Chris Kirk. All right, he's made a bunch of cuts in a row. Uh, someone who has you know, played boom feast or famine at the Sony Open. Second, tenth, second, fifth. Few missed cuts in between. OHL. 46, he makes the cut every year. All right, he seems weirdly underpriced even in this field. Okay. So that was, how's Steven Yagabom's doing? He ended up rallying for a 20th, 26th at Sanderson Farm. Really played well throughout the course of the end of the Corn Ferry season. Has he ever played this tournament? Yes, he was 16th in 2018. And he's made the cut both times at the Sony Open. I mean, we obviously don't want to put too many $6,000 guys into our lineup uh, because you know, their percentages of winning aren't that high. But I can probably live with some Steven Yagabombs when it comes down to it. It was Kazire I wanted to look at. How's Kazire been playing? Not great, has lost on approach. How did he do in like five straight events? Uh, first at the Sony, came in and was playing pretty well coming into that a fourth of the shriners then a win and then pile that up although you know the texas forum has been pretty good for him mcdowell i believe has won at this course before now i can't remember it would have been back in the day and i think when it was a swing event we don't have all of the info from that now he won in 2015 yeah corrales ohl heritage yeah. you can see the types of courses that he really likes bay hill as well, I guess that was in 2005. Probably not the best to go looking at 2005 stats from Bay Hill. Uh, anyone else from down here that pops? Nate Lashley is 24th. Shez Reevy is 11th in the short-term modeling. Bramlett Tower Duncan just outside the top 20. Anyone else from down here that rates out really well? Eugenio Lopez Carrada in six rounds is 33rd. Okay. Would not have guessed that. So who are we looking at here? Uh, nasty Nate Lashley. He's made every cut during the swing season. 16th, 17th, 35th. Plays well at short courses. It's all been putting, mind you. Six strokes game putting, 8.4 strokes game putting. At least we know he has the putting in him. Uh, Reevee hates gaining strokes putting, although the approach had been really good until the Shriners. Reevee burns me all the time. This does seem like a Chez Reevee course, though, doesn't it? Uh, missed the cut last year. 26, 26, 14th, 4th, 74th. How has he been at Sony? 67th, Miska, 3rd, 18th, 8th, 42nd. I can throw Shez on a short list for sure. Oh, and Gim Reaper. He's most... Oh, Dietrich is down here too. Okay. I don't think Dietrich finished all that well. Francesco Molinari, 6600 bucks. Oh, man. Man, I'm going to lose so much money this week. Okay, he's been bad. Let's just cross off. Let's cross off Francesco. Don't need to deal with that too much. Bryce Garnett is like the course history maven here. Any other like good names that are buried down here? Remember when Doc Redman was a good name? 
That was fun times. Camillo, Brian Stumanji coming off the missed cut. It was three birdies in a row on 15, 16, and 17. All he had to do was make par on 18 and just couldn't do it. Killing me. You're killing me, pal. That is not great news. Anyway, let's try to get a recap here. If I play 20 lineups this week, 23 people. I'll probably add a few more people as the week goes on, subtract a few. But in terms of overall picks from the 10K range, I got Hatton, Horschel, and Kepka on the short list from the nines, only Patrick Reed. I did say that 95 to 85 is a bit of a dead range. So if you want to get contrarian to game theory this, uh, and you have some special leans on some players in there, that's probably the range to make your stance in. From the low eights, Norin and Henley at 84 and 82. The upper sevens is where I'm going to live. That's probably where my bets are going to be as well, as we have Rose, Neiman, Woodland, Ortiz, Herbert, uh, 79, 78, 76, 76, and 75. From the low sevens, I added Stenson, Matt Jones, and Henrik Norlander. And just kind of scatter shots from the sixes. I got Hoagie, Guido, Killa Keith, Mitchell, Stephen Yagabombs, Patton Kazire, Lonely Kazire, Chris Kirk, Chez Reeve, the Gim Reaper, or Gim Chi, as he prefers to be called, and the Belgian himself, Thomas Dietrich, at 6600 bucks. So that's going to be the short list of the players for the whatever the hell this was called at Mayakoba, the OHL. The OHL at Mayakoba is what we're calling it. If you want to play in the uh, Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League for football, the link is in the description this week. You're going to be the first ones to hear about it or see it or click on it. So, you know, floor is yours. It's the same as the golf one, but it's 3,000 people, $15 to play, three max entry, no rank, but it's for football instead of golf. The football or the golf one will come back at the Sony Open, I believe. Bets for the week. Uh, I already mentioned I have Lucas Herbert going for the repeater. It's like in roulette when you, you know, bet the same number back-to-back times. When 27 red hits, you better believe Pat Mayo is betting 27 red again. 100 to 1, top 5 each way for Lucas Herbert, uh, the Australian. But I will continue to call him Lucas Bell. <laughs> especially since he has just won. Played really well at these like resort courses as well, or these shorter, easier type courses. If there's any bit of wind, Lucas Herbert is kind of the guy that you want. He just wanted a windy course in Bermuda. He wanted a windy course at the Irish Open earlier this year. Played really well in Scotland the week after that. So, Lukey Herbert, maybe this course is too easy for him. I don't know, but his wedges were in fuego uh, on the weekend in Bermuda. So, let's hopefully he can keep that rowing. He's 100 to 1 with the top five each way. We also have Joaquin Neiman, 60 to 1 with the top five each way. And whatever the hell Carlos Ortiz is, as long as he is not unreasonable in the betting market, then I will be betting him too. Let's see, Carlos Ortiz, 80 to 1. Yeah, sign me up. 80 to 1, Carlos Ortiz with the top five each way. Those are the three bets that I'm in on so far. I'll have the full cheat sheet released in my newsletter Tuesday evening. So go sub to that now. It's completely free. Plus, you get all the other information. I always have promos going on in there that are only for people in the newsletter. Plus, if you love the spread pick show, then you can watch it a night early. Who wouldn't want that? Anyway, smash the like button to the episode, rate, review, and subscribe to the audio podcast, sub to Mayo Media Network, and leave your two favorite 6K players in the comment section. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Mayo Experience!